0: welcome to max volume where we deliver loud takes at soothing decibels i am your host maxwell lewis sanders and this is episode 74. for those new listeners out there max volume is a podcast that worships at the altar of pop culture a place where the silly and inane are of the utmost importance it's a pod where we discuss heavy topics like anthony hopkins blinking patterns the hypnotic appeal of anton segur and the what if career path for army hammer no quote too minor no side plot too small, This is a pod for the TV geeks and movie freaks, so welcome all weary travelers. Your boredom ends here. Before we delve into the topic at hand, let's start with five minutes of Seinfeld-level daily observations. Saw Pretty in Pink for the first time yesterday. Well, last night, and I finished it this morning. And my lord, does John Hughes know how to make a high school movie? I wonder what kind of high school experience the man had, because he just turned out these universally relatable teenage angst scenarios. I picture him kind of as an outcast who quietly observed it all from afar. But maybe he was one of those universally liked souls who got to pass through all the cliques and learned all the personality sectors. That's what happened to Richard Linklater, uh, you know, who did Waking Life, Boyhood. I think he was like a baseball star who was also into art and he kind of just, you know, went from all the groups. And that's why he's such a kind of well-rounded director. I don't know. I don't know what the John Hughes vibe is. So, if you know, let me know. I know. I'm sure I could look up on the internet, but sad he died. I feel sad, but either way, he had a magic touch and I love a good 96 minute movie. Like just get me in, get me out. It's a good eighties movie. It's light. Doesn't weigh me down. And you get to saunter around today with the positive imagery and killer soundtrack bopping around in my head. Although seeing teenage bully rich kid, James Spader almost broke my brain because he has this long flowing hair and like a jawline that could cut glass I couldn't get up for seeing Robert California from The Office as an 80s movie villain. Like, so funny how our brain just locks people into certain categories and refuses to let go despite new stimulus. Almost took me out of the movie entirely, like, even though he's he's great in it. And I just couldn't, I kept picturing paunchy, powerful, bald, 50 to 60-year-old man James Spader, you know, with that kind of like, he like purses his lips in disappointment at you. It's just, I mean, it's very surreal. And I... I don't know, Molly Ringwald I'd never really seen in stuff before besides The Breakfast Club. She's good. I see why she was so appealing. I wonder what happened, like why she didn't transfer over to adult stuff. I remember she was in like Not Another Teen Movie. She's pretty funny for a minute. But, you know, it never worked out in the end. But I I get her in this movie. And also, Ducky and all the clothing and like the new wave kind of music, the Smiths kind of vibe. It It was just a fun, fun ride. So highly recommend it. It's on Xfinity Demand right now. You can play for free. And they're smart. I love how they say on Xfinity, they say, play free to me. That's how you like click it. And you're like, yeah, this is free just for me. Just for me. No one else. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Xfinity. I really appreciate it. Also, I'm rewatching Adventure Time in little 11-minute increments because that's, you know, how long the episodes are. And it's just a forgotten joy that kind of just sparks your day with bright colors, kind of fun hero tropes, you know, swords and sandals battling giant shark monsters or ice kings or, you know, there's princesses made of bubble gum or there's vampire queens it's just an adrenaline shot of positivity and confidence just highly recommend it to anyone who has a subpar day and access to all 238 i think episodes on hbo max just watch a couple and also it grows over time like it's starts off a little bit more immature but kind of gets more spiritual kind of more zen and kind of Has a deeper meaning behind it by the end of the show, and it's really cool. Like even in eleven minutes, they tell like a full story. It's crazy. Like five minutes in, you're like, this feels like I've been here for an hour and a half, but in like a good way. It's just that they've visually put so much into it. Pendleton Ward's just fantastic. He's the creator. He also did Midnight Gospel, and I don't know. I I love this show. And but today, I don't want to discuss a TV show or a recent movie endeavor. Crazy, I know. This is revolutionary for me. I want to talk about another form of media that has gone the way of the dinosaur. And not like Jurassic Park dinosaur where they come back and, you know, avenge everything and start killing us. No, this is like we got hit by a meteor six million years ago. And we never came back. I want to talk about the music video. So growing up in the MTV dominant 1990s, music videos were kind of like my lifeblood for daily entertainment. I worshipped at the altar of Carson Daly in Total Request Live when it premiered in 1998. For those of you who didn't have a TRL experience, TRL is Total Request Live, shortened, obviously. Uh, let me break it down for you in all of its glory. It was an hour-long program where callers, yes, we had analog you know, home phones that we called in on. Crazy, I know. Another error. And emailers voted on a top 10 music video of that day every Monday through Friday. And I think it was at like 3 p.m. or something like that, right after school. You know, they knew their audience. And yes, the number one and two spots were 98% dominated by boy bands who had obsessive girl armies kind of swooning for them. I, mean, I even remember it was like outside of, it was in Times Square, you know, you'd have people outside just going nuts, like thousands of people just with signs like, I love sing" or like, yay for, like, shout out to Jen, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. But no one really minded because their stuff was catchy and their videos were generally over the top eye candy with insane set pieces and hypnotic dance choreography. I remember like Joseph Kahn was the main director for those. And if you want to see something amazing by him, by actually that's more recent, he made a 15-minute short movie, like a rated R version of the Power Rangers, starring James Vanderbeek. It's on YouTube and it's it's everything you didn't know you want. It's unbelievable. It's like I didn't know I wanted a rated R, James Vanderbeek music video style Power Rangers video, but it's there and you need to watch it. But the dance choreography and stuff was really fun. You had NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees. But after picks one and two, you had three through 10, had this insane mixture of musical genres and videos, kind of as diverse as movie genres are. You had kind of the angst ridden emo punk, live performances before rampant fans. And it was usually in a skate park or a back alley or like a fire escape brick kind of area or like the forgotten uh, part of town. I was thinking, like, Lincoln Park, Limp Biscuit, Sum 41, System of a Down, Papa Roach. I think Papa Roach is, like, the all-time in that with the Last Resort. That was, like, the – so, Papa Roach, Last Resort, and System of a Down, uh, Chop Suey were, like, the best examples of that. Alien Ant Farm, Corn Corn also had a ton of other videos that were actually, like, much deeper. Like, they had ones that were basically, like, mini-movies. There's one where Freak on a Leash, I think, had – you followed a bullet that went through, like, A bunch of life scenarios and that was really interesting and they had one actually with uh jesse from breaking bad and he was like going to prom but there was like a demon coming out of his stomach or something that was pretty heavy and then you had your campy laugh out loud uh videos with comical premises like bare naked ladies for one week was always really funny tom green i think went to number one with the song called the bum bum song and you know tom green (laughs) <laughs> take him or leave him but he had a moment where it was i mean he was just shock humor and he was just so over the top and silly but i will defend his performance in road trip is fantastic like he's so funny in road trip like that's the perfect use of him his show was kind of hit or miss it was like jackass style make you cringe comedy but i think he like started the comedy like the cringe comedy uh revolution so and he dated drew barrymore so props to him he's doing something right you had the Bloodhound Gang, Blink-182, you know, being naked, running around their videos. Foo Fighters, they all dressed in silly outfits. Eminem had some funny videos where he dressed up. And then you had the Divas, who were usually going for a romantic angle with catchy choruses. Think Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Kelly Clarkson, Destiny's Child. My favorite, actually, this is just a little side rant, but uh, Kelly Rowland from Destiny's Child, she has a video with Nellie. Where she's like angry at him and she's texting him <laughs> on her uh, sidekick phone. And if you look, if you pause the video, you can see on her sidekick, she's actually she's not texting, she's writing like the Where Are You text in a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet. So that's that's why he didn't get the message, Kelly. So I just love that little detail. Great. And you had rap performances, usually live performances, absurd cars and a catchy hook, and some shots in the club or the strip club. I think Nelly. I always remember the uh the low rider with like the Rams logo on the side, like the Rams horns on the blue. Cause you know, St. Louis, that was awesome. Uh, TI 50 cents, the game, 50 cent. There you go. Sorry. No, no S uh, the game, little Wayne. And it was a fun world of these three to f- four minute visually gripping, silly stories that somehow connected to a pop song. And it may seem superficial and unimportant, but I always found them comforting and stunning. And they're just kind of like a movie trailer. You know what I mean? It's three to four minutes and you're just engrossed in this world, and then you get to go back to reality. Like, I still watch My Chemical Romance videos like Helena, The Ghost of You, I'm Not Okay, and Famous Last Words weekly because it's a nice, easily consumable instant movie that's over in less than five minutes. Also, shout out Alien Ant Farms Movies. Uh, their movies music video is just, I don't know, I think it's because it's its like worshipping you know, the art of cinema, too. Like, they're just watching a movie, and Mr. Miyagi's in it. And like there's different movie tropes. I think that was really fun too. I think that like if I could have a video that would encapsulate what this podcast would is, I would definitely use Alien Ant Farm's movies. And for for those of you out there who think the medium is trash, because that's fair. I get it. You know what I mean? Like it seems like a stepping stone. But I give you the following evidence of their cultural importance. I feel like a lawyer. It's like here is exhibit A. And the following big time director directors, movie directors, started in movie video music video directing. These are like big time guys. You got David Fincher, who did the social network seven, Zodiac. By the way, the ringer is doing David Fincher week this week. And I'm so excited. They're just gonna I think they're doing rewatchables on Seven and the game. And I mean David Fincher's awesome. He has a really cool quote. He says, All people are perverts. I just want to show it on screen. And I'm like, that's that's a Good line, because he's a weirdo, but an awesome weirdo. And you got Antoine Fuqua, who did Training Day. And also he did Olympus Has Fallen, which is an oddly watchable, uh, trying to take over the president, or take the president hostage in the White House movie. Simon West, who did Con Air, the greatest movie of all time. Oh my God, Nicolas Cage with a mullet. Love it. Michael Bay, Bad Boys and Armageddon. I always cry when Ben Ben Affleck gets pushed out of the... uh, out of the little space module by Bruce Willis, and he tells him to take care of his daughter. I definitely tear up. Spike Jones, who did Being John Malkovich, Three Kings. He also did all the Jackass movies. Uh, Michelle Gondry, who did Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And I know societally, we all look back. We all love looking back at a high school footage of like LeBron James and Kevin Garnett and Vince Carter and Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, to see kind of the raw potential of what was to come. Like those high school mixtapes, you know, millions of views. You watch Amari Statemeyer in high school, you're like, my God. Or I mean, the, the close example, I mean, Zion, we all watched in high school, and you're like, how big is he? How can he jump like that? So why aren't music videos treated with the same historical importance? Like it bums me out a little that uh, Twitch videos of people playing video games get way more hits than the newly released music videos. And that, that makes me sound kind of, you know, old man in a porch, like back in my day. But I will admit, that I have zero gaming skills, and the streams of these guys are oddly addictive for some reason I can't explain. I, w- I wonder if there's a psychological study of why everyone likes watching these Twitch videos. Like, why not play the game yourself? Man, now I sound old. <laughs> but perhaps there's a glimmer of hope in 2020 for my favorite, favorite relic. Like, Machine Gun Kelly has a new music video for this song, I Think I'm Okay, that currently has 53,400,000 views, and I could be happier. I mean, if I directed the video myself, I couldn't be more joyous because... Actually, I probably could because that'd be cool. I I mean, that's like... If you tell me I could have a dream job where I have the talent to do it, music video director would be way up there. Because, I mean, you know, it's like four or five days on set. Then you're done. You move on. But it's like you get to forever kind of display the visual effects that people are going to connect with this piece of art and song. That's really cool. But sometimes... It's just a wonder to relive the classics with modern Oh, whoa, <laughs> Sorry. I I I just started ranting about something different. Uh but like the Machine Gun Kelly video, I just love that it's this modern spin on kind of classic music videos. And the video is everything my my nostalgic soul wanted from a music video. Wow, that's hard to get through. <laughs> Sometimes you get tongue-tied and you got to push through. And I think that's what's fun about this podcast is that I get to practice, you know what I mean, all the all the downfalls, all the ups, and it's just me in a room, you know what I mean, who cares? And it's weird, like my face is a little bit flushed and I feel a little nervous now, but who cares? I'm still the same guy in the same room. It's just, you're going to hear me stutter a little bit when you listen to this. But anyways, the video, it's awesome. So it's heavily tattooed, great-looking pop-punk rockers, playing underneath brick building fire escapes to kind of a rowdy group of teenagers and, you know, these really brightly colored, absurdist clothes who seem like they're rebelling against the fact they have nothing really to rebel against. They don't seem, you know, like street people or anything like that. They seem like upper middle class kids that wanted to dress differently. And I like that, yeah. Because I didn't really have anything to rebel against either. And yet I'm covered with 310 tattoos because I don't know why. (laughs) And the song itself, like the three chord. The three string chord progressions that remind you of the glory years of Blink-182. Oh, and just for good measure, they actually have Travis Barker as the drummer from Blink-182, just rocking away on the drums, looking exactly like he did in 1999. Like, how does he not age? Like, it's spellbinding. Like, good for you, Travis Barker. Like, I mean, you think the lifestyle he lived and like the rock star, you know, fully tattooed all over that he would have, you know, aged like Keith Richards and just kind of, you know, looked like a melted candle, but he looks great. So shout out Travis Barker and there, the video itself. There's lots of quick cuts to partying, drinking, parking lot, silliness and boredom that is re- reminiscent of uh, high school and college. There's a the non-threatening mosh pits, which is good. You know, you don't want a threatening mosh pit in a video where people are actually throwing elbows and stuff. This is just a nice PG pillow fight, Disney plus kind of mosh pit. And there's punk, mo- uh, there's punk model girls with face tattoos and lots of, lots of passionate screaming into microphones and that weird technique where it looks like you're thumbing through a flipbook, and the actions in the music video are paused like there's a strobe light between movements. It's just perfectly corny and reminds me of 2002 for some reason. And part of the fun of the music video craze was having special guest singers on songs interacting with the main star. It usually introduced you to someone you had no idea existed before and they became sucked into your pop culture spider web from thereafter. And this video is no exception. There's this ball of energy dude named Youngblood. You know, spelled Y-U-N-G. God, I feel old saying that name out loud. Youngblood. Uh, But he looked kinda like Beetlejuice, Justin Bieber, and Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance before DNA spliced into a 2020 singer. He's obnoxious and loud and unapologetically silly and over the top. And it's that vibe of giving you something you never knew you wanted. He has that strange way of pronouncing words that mirrors Tom DeLonge that's addictive and needs multiple listens to like, you know, they're like, where are you? I'm so I'm tone deaf, but I can't. So, but you know what I'm talking about. It's the weird lip lip tattoo guy from bleak 182. And speaking of tongues, there's lots of tongues being stuck out in defiance and shout and repeat chorus lines, which shout and repeat is grossly underrated in today's musical landscape. I think we will rock you or ghostbusters or any ACDC song, just anything you can sing along to. is just always fun. And it's a brilliant homage, and I couldn't be happier to see someone using this medium to bring joy to the masses. It's like watching a calligraphy artist or a watchmaker at work or like a by-hand woodcarver or something like that. Fields that once carried gravitas being regulated to obscurity. You know, it's nice to see that they're still appreciated and still done with uh, care and love. So yeah, music videos rule, and I just want to talk about it for a little bit, and hopefully... You listen to it. To, you listen to this today and take five minutes out of your day and delve back into a really fun medium that should be more appreciated. Oh, and uh, for fun, why not list off my top five music videos just so you have some easy, re- easy reference points? So, in no particular order, I'm going Helena, My Chemical, my Chemical Romance, just goth gods at their peak of emo angst, dancing with a dead girl at her funeral, endlessly moody and fun. I go Nookie by Limp Bizkit. Kind of classic angsty crowd in a built-from-scratch stage in a back alley in New York. It's funny. He's getting arrested at the end because, like, they didn't have a permit. I wonder if he actually did get arrested or if that was just filmed like that. Then Always Be My Baby by Mariah Carey. Uh, Just endless summer camp crush vibes as she sings from a tire swing over a lake. I'm going My Name Is by Eminem. Kind of being a cultural shock jock while also being insanely talented. And this was kind of our introduction to him. It never gets old. And finally, I'm going, Oops, I Did It Again by Britney Spears, because who doesn't want to see Britney in a spacesuit on Mars singing some irrelevant pop song? Like, it's memory lane is just fun, you know? So I hope you had as much fun as I did, casually reminiscing about the glory, glory years of music videos. So thank you, music videos. You've made my life better. And hopefully in the future, you know, maybe you'll get brought back again. Like, you know how vinyl became cool? Maybe music videos will become cool again. Later.